Today on the Topping Show, Bud Light Booth is a ghost town at Sturgis, the world's largest motorcycle rally. Tyrese Irving is suing at Home Depot for a million dollars. Oliver Anthony, country star, is rising and going viral. Gavin Newsom wants to rewrite the Second Amendment to disarm Americans. Trump mocks Chris Christie and the stand-up jokes are back and better than ever, you might say. Ford hires a former VP from Apple. Kraft Heinz chooses a new CEO. Aston Martin, DB12 Volante debuts. And Nestle cookies, so they have a recall due to wood chips. All of that and much more on The Topping Show. Thank you everyone for taking the time to tune in today. Today's episode of The Topping Show is sponsored by Topping Technologies. Topping Technologies is an IT value-added reseller and services company with a special proficiency in IT security. Heck, I see their founder at least twice a day. Gotta say he's quite handsome and brilliant. He's me, that, that's a joke. If you're an IT leader or a business owner, need a little assistance, you can reach the team at sales at toppingtechnologies.com. Now, going over to the business part of the podcast, you have Ford hiring the former VP at Apple for software and strategy. Specifically, they are looking to hire Peter Stern, who was a former VP of Apple. He has been named the president's newly formed Ford Integrated Services to, quote, lead customer experiences powered by software and services. Interestingly enough, he will be reporting directly to the CEO, who is currently Jim Farley. That can't be right. Jim Farley. Jim Farley. Really? Is it in relation to Chris Farley? No, I, of course, I'm kidding. I digress. Now, it looks like Stern previously oversaw areas including Apple TV, iCloud, Apple Fitness, or sorry, Apple News Plus, which... I'm sure 18 people read Apple Books, Apple Arcade, Apple One, and Apple Fitness Plus. Now, interestingly enough, Ford also said that Stern would be able to, quote, build a world-class team and create a market innovative customer experience by integrating hardware, software, and services across the Ford Blue Model E and Ford Pro business lines. Now, Ford actually disrupted or rather displaced the company by bringing up, you have Ford Blue, which is the traditional Ford that you and I know and love, a good old Mustang with the three pedals in the V8. You also have the Ford F-150 pickup truck, best-selling pickup truck literally since the dawn of time. And then you have Ford Pro, which is the commercial line. You know, the trucks are the size of houses that businesses purchase for the commercial line. And then you have the Model E line, which is the electric line, which is where they're losing all their money right now as they attempt to turn that around. It'll be interesting to see when they get the ROI out of that, but they're currently losing quite a bit of money on the F-150 Lightning as well as the Mach-E or the Mustang Mach-E, which of course is a bastardized derivative of the Mustang in, in name only, really. Now, this move is actually part of their latest overall strategy outlined by Farley to create high profit services through subscriptions and other digital revenue. And they're not alone. Other competitors, including General Motors, have similar marketing initiatives and business initiatives. And Ford actually did patent technology, so they're getting a specific technology to repo your car electronically. So you just click a button at the mothership over in Dearborn, Michigan, their USA headquarters. And if you're behind on your payments, your car would just drive away from you and go back to either the dealership or Ford corporate office. And they also have patents successfully filed so that if you're behind your payments, well, they can also selectively turn off things like, oh, I don't know, the heating, the air conditioning, the heated seats, the cool seats, the radio, Fascinating dystopian times we live in when you don't just buy the card and you own the car. Now it's becoming more and more like an iPhone or an Android phone, or iPhone in particular, 
you may own the physical asset, but because it's basically a computer on wheels, you really can't work on it yourself, can't modify it yourself. They really, at the end of the day, control the product because most cars these days are just computers on wheels. They're all digital. Now, it'll be interesting to see what kind of ideas they have to increase their revenues in terms of maybe subscription services. Other companies have successfully rolled out similar instances. I know Porsche in particular, probably because I say the name Porsche, they advertise on my smartphone every 18 seconds, but they have a similar, or they have a program where you can actually have a subscription. So instead of buying a Porsche or Porsche, if you want to sound fancier, you just pay a monthly fee and every month you get a new or different model of Porsche. Which is a pretty interesting idea as Americans have slowly shifted from owning cars to more having cars as a service, as everything in American society is as a service, down to razors, which they actually have razors shipped to you as a monthly subscription. Although you don't actually send it back because they're dull, they just throw them away. But it's the same idea, it's like a monthly consumable service. So it'll be interesting to see how Ford continues to evolve and hopefully they continue to make the V8 Mustang because with the pre-orders coming in this week, that was quite literally the largest order in terms of the most popular order people were ordering for the vehicle. Good old V8 and three pedals, also known as a stick shift, as every car should. And I'd also say truck, but I digress. Other interesting business news, you have Kraft Heinz choosing a new CEO. Now, this is the, the wake of sales dropping and precipitously pricing increasing as the cost of many of the ingredients are all going up as well. Kind of going back to the old ripple effect when it comes to inflation and, you know, uh, the wise man used to say a rising wave, rising tide lifts all ships or something to that effect, where all the components of, in this case, you know, we're just talking about automotive community, components in that area are increasing. So the overall vehicle increases. Same concept with the corn syrup in a jar, also known as ketchup, which is mostly corn, which ironically enough, you can't eat that corn. It's grown specifically to be made into high fructose corn syrup. But I digress, I'll get off my high horse for a fraction of a second. Now specifically, it looks like they're gonna be bringing on Mr. Rivera, and it looks like they're trying to make a comeback because they've failed to actually revitalize a couple of their brands through latest their marketing campaigns. They tried to revitalize the brand of the, you know, the classic Oscar Mayer. They actually bastardized the title of the Oscar Mayer Wienermobile. They changed it to something that I can't even remember, similar to M&M's as the business blunder of the M&M's company, or Mars, the company that owns M&M's. They pretended to get rid of the mascots, so they're going to get rid of them, which was just, people thought was stupid because, you know, they've had the mascots since the 60s. And of course, it was just a short-lived business publicity thing, which really didn't stick at all. I doubt it increased their sales at all. So it looks like they tried to do that with Oscar Mayer. That really didn't work much. Specifically, they're trying to target millennials who apparently do not like mystery meats or whatever it's inside those things. And same with their same with their Maxwell House, which again, they're trying to cater this is their coffee brand, which used to be a lot more popular in terms of anecdotal evidence, me hearing about the brand and seeing it on the store shelves growing up. But they're failing to connect with millennials. Perhaps they have to have some bright music blaring in the background, have a commercial with it, make, make it a subscription, like everything is these days, and then they will buy that coffee. But coffee is also one of the most saturated market. Everyone sells coffee, including every podcaster since the dawn of time. Perhaps one of the most unique things about us, we don't sell coffee yet. Although I drink about two pots a day, but what kind, I dare not say, that's a mystery. Time shall tell. But it looks like they're going to have the North American president will become the CEO. That's Carlos Albert, oh, specifically um, Abraham Rivera. So I forgot the middle name or the second last name. And in terms of his career experience, he has had some good realms in terms of leading divisions of the company. 
he was able to revitalize and increase the performance of California Pizza Kitchen, as well as Philadelphia Cream Cheese, which they're all owned by Kraft Heinz, which actually back in the day, Kraft and Heinz used to be two separate companies. So it looks like they definitely need a turnaround plan. Kraft Heinz shares have fallen 15% this year, dragging its market value down to a mere $42.2 billion. Now that at the same time as the rest of the stock market, the S&P 500, that's actually increased by 16%. So they're definitely doing something wrong over there. And it'll be interesting to see, they had a little publicity stunt where they had like the custom ketchup uh, corn syrup machine where he has a couple of different options and you can customize to make your own goop to put on your food. And they got the headlines, it was an interesting story, but apparently they're not rolling them out quick enough and not really importantly, you know, generating more revenue, more profit for the company as they try to navigate these waters and try to figure out how can we sell more of our stuff? The ultimate question in sales. Will they be successful? Hmm? Time shall tell. Other interesting business news, you have Aston Martin, the DB12 Volante debuts. Long live the internal combustion engine, in this case, the V8. So it is a little disappointing just because I know Aston Martin has a pretty diverse portfolio. They have not just the V12, but they have the V8 and other powertrain platforms. But to me, the pinnacle of the Aston Martin is going to be a V12 with a stick shift. Partially because it's such a rare thing in and of itself throughout most of my life. Only, there are only a handful of cars that had that very unique experience. And to sell that now, I mean, the most popular V12s that were made, and I say modern, like in the past six to 12 months, they're all dying out. I mean, Rolls-Royce uh, killed theirs, I believe. Then you have, a, you have Bentley, a couple of them killed their W16 engines. So a lot of the cylinders are unfortunately dying away as people acquiesce to boring EV technology, which the current US infrastructure can't support. We'll have rolling blackouts and browns, but logic and, you know, think about long-term where we actually, you know, Little ripple effects, that doesn't matter. It's all about what sounds fancy or what sounds green. Not actually looking at the whole equation, but I digress. Those uh, lithium mines with all the chemicals in the child labor is great. But I, I digress partially. Now, in terms of the vehicle in and of itself, this article, thanks to Jalopnik, which is probably one of the probably one of my favorite websites when it comes to automotive news. And it looks like the DB12 Volante is based on the DB12 Coupe. This one's going to have, uh, well, not so obviously, if not a gearhead but it's actually gonna have no roof at all. A lot of the folks are worried, you know, one of the traditional things that happens when you chop off the roof with a lot of these vehicles is you, look, you lose a lot of the rigidity, which makes sense. Basically taking the lid off your cup of the Starbucks if you spend 12 to 15 to $50 on a cup of sugar water or sugar coffee water. Without that lid, it's a lot easier to squeeze the cup. That's perhaps the most simplest metaphor I can think of off the top of my head. But it looks like they've done a little bit more reinforcements. Now, unfortunately, it's going to have a ZF eight-speed automatic transmission, which is re is pretty pathetic. I mean, you're you're not buying an Aston Martin because it's the fastest vehicle. It really never was. You're buying it because of the styling and the experience. And historically, Aston Martin is so piss poor at making automatic transmissions. They have a program where actually, once your automatic transmission inevitably breaks, you can ship it back to the Brits, and they'll actually swap it out for a stick shift, which I would say is how it should came from the from the factory to begin with but unfortunately they know people in the market want an automatic because perhaps they're just dying inside be the only thing i think of and it looks like it'll still have a 0 to 60 time in 3.6 seconds and top speed of 102 or sorry 202 much more impressive than 102 i was gonna say a toyota corolla could hit 102 but eh, it's one of those things where it'll be nice to see this come out but what could have been what is good could have been great. 
and just looking at the pictures of the center console, that instead of having a shift knob and having three pedals by your feet to shift, you got a little toggle thing, like the Porsche PDK, which buying a Porsche with an automatic is one of the most asinine things you can do from an enthusiast perspective. I, can, I can't imagine spending so much money to get a computer to do the work for me, to steal the joy away from me, many would say. But I digress, it'll be interesting to see how many of those orders sell out and how they do. Time shall tell. Now, going over to the culture part of the podcast, you have Bud Light. Their booth is a ghost town over at Sturgis, which is actually the world's largest motorcycle rally. In terms of the historics of the event, the Sturgis event was started April, or sorry, August 14th, 1938. And its attendance peaked back in 2015 with 739,000 motorcycles. So needless to say, this is the largest enthusiast get-together, bar none. And pretty much every brand that has anything to do with motorcycles or alcohol, ironically, maybe, they're all there. And it's fascinating. There's a really clip video. It's about one minute and two seconds from Clown World, a username on the Twitter, or now the X. And it's pretty entertaining. There we are, Sturgis, Bud Lights at midweek. Any improvement? There's, so there's probably one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, more than eight of those picnic tables. And then you have banners above it. I see one man sitting down eating food. I can't tell if he's wearing a Bud Light emblem or there's a logo for Bud Light and Elijah Bush on his shirt to imply if he's a real, like if he's a third party or if he actually just works there and he wants to take a break. But I see one person in this whole booth area. And they turn the camera around, there are obviously there are hundreds of thousands of people attending this event. And this is, what is it? We started April 1st with the boycott. Still over four months later, boycott is still going strong. Culturally speaking, well, obviously, you know, people in the biking community probably aren't into advertising alcohol towards kids or a lot of the politics that came along with Dylan Mulvaney with that business blunder. So I guess we shouldn't be too surprised that at Sturgis, there's the continuation of the boycott, but let's keep going. That's what we hope. Folds of Honor is here. The Bud Light tent. We're hoping business picks up a little bit, but guys, midweek, oh my goodness. Wow. Nothing. There's one booth worker with a get who again is paid by in this case the nonprofit, which it's a shame because Folds, Folds of Honor is a great 501c3 uh, nonprofit where they actually help veterans. So they have one of the presumably he's a volunteer for that organization. He's standing there and you have the Bud Light camo cans, uh, a little poster of them, which many people just saw through really quick. They didn't, no one believes they're authentic anymore. They they lost the authenticity, and you know he's standing there kind of looking confused. A little bit, my guys, midweek. Oh my goodness. Wow. Well, guys, we're. There's another Bud Light guy. Are we seeing any uptick in business here? A little bit. <laughs> this guy almost looks as awkward as the CEO of, of Bud Light when he gets interviewed, where he has to just kind of be a politician and just go. Almost like he's in a. Almost like he's a hostage. He, like, no human emotion. This guy, he's right. I don't know how much. I can't believe he's actually doing this. He must be getting paid a lot of money. He has a Bud Light, or sorry, a Budweiser parent company um, t-shirt on. He has American sunglasses and a backwards hat. So, I mean, I guess perhaps kind of the traditional cliche Budweiser drinker. 
And the, the guy filming the video goes, hey, is Bill's business picking up? And the guy's just like, almost a hostage. Like, he alone is a hostage. He's like, yes. D does anyone really believe him? Okay. Okay. All right. Let's see. Hey. Another Bud Light work employee just walking away. Let's keep it positive, right? Let's keep it positive. Maybe by the end of the week. Thank you for being here. Thank you for doing what you're doing. We appreciate the hard work and employees. We covered this early on in the week, guys. Take a look. Sturgis wow. is absolutely jam-packed. The Harley tent is packed. The BMW tent is packed. But Budweiser having a tough go. Wow. Having a tough go. There must be a whole lot of beer left over in there. Wow. I don't know what to say. But... Uh, I so in terms of my or my anecdotal evidence going to like tech conventions and different events where you have multiple booths around, it's almost uniquely a unique talent to be that bad at marketing to have no one stop at your booth. It is almost as if this booth has a virus and no one wants to go anywhere near it. There's that one person and all the comments of course this is posted on Twitter all the comments are hilarious. The only one is one fool who doesn't realize, you know, Budweiser. Someone said, oh yeah, that's not Bud Light. It's like, well, who owns it? You, how do you not know? How do you not know this by now? Like, I can understand you might not know Michelob Ultra. That's, to many people, that might appear as a third-party brand. But like, to not know Bud Light is owned by Budweiser? I, I can't help that this person is just trolling or I can't believe, it, I find it hard to believe someone's that just uneducated or just doesn't have common sense. But yeah, there's literally, the, oh yeah, in the one of the most entertaining pictures is literally someone taking a screenshot of that one person sitting at the picnic table out of, was it eight or nine of those tables? No one is stopping. So it's one of those fascinating things where if you're supporting the boycott, you're definitely doing a great job because it's definitely working. And culturally speaking, and fascinating enough, it's not letting up. Every other boycott we've seen in the past couple of years, they've usually been very short lived. And they usually peter out. The, the parent company, you know, whoever's behind the brand where there's a faux pas, they usually just don't have to do anything. They just sit back, just wait for it to roll over, or wait for it to go away naturally. It's one of those unique situations where it's still going. And I doubt people are ever going to forgive Bud Light, Budweiser, Anheuser-Busch, and Bev. And especially because they have no intention of apologizing. That time is long since sailed. And even if they were to apologize... Let's say Brendan Whitworth actually came out of the woodwork, the uh, former CIA operative who now is the CEO of um, Bud Light and Ezra Bush. Even if you come out today and say, oh yeah, we messed up, we did a terrible thing, we hired someone whose primary demographic is in their teens to represent our product and is also controversial in the United States, part of the trans community, although many people question their authenticity because this individual never got the surgery or took the drugs, that um, during the normal procedures or the procedures to transition that community would be more, they consider that a step to doing it. But yeah, just all those folks, if you were to say, oh yeah, we, we, we messed up, we won't do it again. Then you'd have that community as well as the, uh, as this become a political issue, people on the left boycotting it even more fervently than they already now. And they are now too. So at the end of the day, they're not going to apologize. They're just going to keep pretending like nothing happened. And again, they did say they're going to spend more money on advertising this summer than ever before. So we're going to see a lot of these events where they're hosting booths. This is, given the historicals, this is probably you know already a contract you know made months or years ago. 
they did have their Bud Light, or they had the Anheuser Busch. They put Budweiser and they put it in a um, was it Harley Davidson logo on the can, which, geez, Harley Davidson. They're they're probably more left in terms of you look at their headquarters they're over in um, I believe Milwaukee, Wisconsin, Wisconsin for sure, or Madison, one of the areas. But which those areas are Wisconsin more often than not has turned blue over the years, I believe. But the average Harley driver probably is more right. So that seems like a business player in and of itself. But yeah, needless to say, the outlook for Anheuser Bush Bud Light, it is the outlook, as the Magic Gate Ball might say, is uh nah, not so good. Now, other interesting culture news you have Tyrese Irving suing Home Depot for a million dollars. Now, this washed up actor, I mean very fine, very talented actor from the most the pinnacle of intellect and cohesion and you really have to use your whole cerebral to enjoy the film franchise of The Fast and the Furious. He's definitely not mediocre and only known for saying, you know, three to four catchphrases. He is very capable, I'm sure. Allegedly. Now, he actually apparently went to Home Depot, had some contractors using his credit card, and apparently he was going to take some candy bars and walk out while they were still paying. And they, I believe they do not let the credit card charge go through because it's not their card and it's fascinating because they're filming prior to the drama but maybe he's, he, he will do anything to be behind the camera maybe this is what he deepest desire is so let's we'll play a little bit of this They have good music at Home Depot, unless it's someone, so, eh, unless someone added this music. Maybe? Uh-oh. The most controversial question in the United States, can I see your ID? Reason 1,995 to move away from YouTube. The myriad of apps, or more accurately, the advertisements. Oh, I want to see your supervisor. The ultimate Karen move. It's, it's It should be a big red light if you're an employee and someone asks that, just know, good God. Oh, this day's going to get worse before it gets better. Oh, yeah. So this is a, she doesn't look too interested in her job, but she, I'm guessing maybe a high school or college student, but yeah, she's not telling him her first or her last name, probably because she doesn't want to be put on the internet and become viral as some internet sleuths will find her first, they'll use her first and last name, basically find every minute detail about her and have her name dragged out in the mud for quite some time, maybe even lose her job. 
a problem with it. <laughs> now, granted, maybe I, he's not, but I mean, my only problem would be she sounds like she's dead on the inside, which it happens to some folks from time to time. I'm not saying you have to be yucky, you know, happy, 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 you know, 24 7. But you should probably be, you know, perk up a little bit while I help people out in retail, but that's not what he's talking about. So, um, man, how long. What is, how long have you been working here, man? You? I just have a question. How, how long? One year. So, my problem with what just happened is that I've been living three blocks in there for 10 years. And if this is a policy that I approach, why are you the first person to stop my team? One of the first signs of the Karen, I've been coming here for years. Sometimes it's true, sometimes it's not. Granted, based, my, my favorite is, I'll never shop here again. It's like, these employees don't care. And even the CEO probably doesn't care because, again, one customer is not going to make or break a large retail environment like that. It's not good publicity if someone's like famous and then they do a tantrum and some of their fans that I wait Tyrese he might have three fans so let's not underestimate his capabilities they might be upset and say well we're not well, then we won't shop at Home Depot this is a policy and you're the boss and you run this place why are you the only one doing and living up to the policy explain that to me you can because they reflect you
Okay. Always another care move. Hey you, hey you, you, take my side. Apologies about that. That's not a ridiculous thing. So he tried to basically, instead of having, you know, when you purchase something, you usually have a signature or a pin. He gave someone a credit card. It was his. Again, it's not a corporate card where corporate cards is to the business. Apparently, it's a personal credit card. Gave it to someone. And he tried to FaceTime the manager at Home Depot. I, again, I, I I know a little bit about PCI, and I, I know, you know, there's certain things you got to keep sensitive with the data. In terms of authorization of a credit card, I've never heard that be a valid form of saying, oh, yeah, that's that confirms their... That can confirm our identity. I mean, especially nowadays with AI. No, that would never be used as a valid form of confirming an actual person. If he's been going there for 10 years, how does he not have a business account with them? Or a, a contractor account? A big part of Home Depot's portfolio is contractors and people who actually professionally build things. If he set up a specific business account with them, presumably anyone on his team with their authorizations can go and buy whatever they need for the jobs. And he's he's been saying he's been working with these guys for years upon years. That would have been a pretty simple, I mean, you also save money. I know there's also uh, fiscal and other benefits uh, in terms of money-wise and customer service to having a business account as well. Again, I feel bad because she kind of looks dead inside, but almost thing in customer service, it's almost exhausting from a certain perspective. I've had my roles in customer service throughout the years, and you build a lot of character. I think it's invaluable. Everyone should work in retail at least like one summer of their life. You build character, you learn how to interact with people, you learn some valuable lessons about yourself, you grow and develop. I mean, in this case, if I were her, I would just bring calmly, hey, I apologize. I our, our company has these new policies. I just learned about it. I'm still learning. Just kind of let them know it's not personal because companies' policies they do change pretty fluidly depending on where you work. They could be the same. Oh, shoot, I remember back when I worked in corporate America, they almost had a new policy every week just because everyone, all the executives, want to sound smart like they invented an extra policy to help the customers. So just tell the person, hey, apologize, we're gonna have a team meeting about this. You know, here's the miscommunication we had, and that's kind of the crux of most issues in life, whether it be people or businesses, just miscommunication. Humans are, by their very nature, a faulty thing. And sometimes it's not even intentional, you just have miscommunication. But let's, but he, let's just see what he goes from here. Oh, the cliche is all this time. Next time, I was going to say, Nick, I've never done this. Perhaps as a joke, April 1st, if anyone asks for ID, I'd be like, because I'm Cuban? I see how it is. No, it's because someone is using a credit card with that it's not their name on it. In 99.999% of time, that's credit card fraud. 
I can't just tell my buddy, hey, uh, hey, hey, Juan, hey, hey, buddy, can you do me a favor? Go to Home Depot with my credit card and buy something. And night, night, most often than not, in retail, there's certain times where they'll check your card, card just and the fiscal amount involved. If you're buying a you know $2 candy bar, no one's probably gonna check you. But if you, similar to Walmart, if you have a whole grocery, you have a whole cart of like electronics and other things and groceries, they might ask to see your receipt to make sure all the things on there because it's a high volume. And if it's over a certain dollar amount, if you're trying to Home Depot, presumably they also check your right. And this has happened to me before because this table actually built 150, while well, I did not get the 150 year old antique barnwood, I did get a lot of the components, the screws, a couple of the backwood, a lot of the components for this table I bought from Home Depot. And it cost several hundred dollars and they asked for my ID. And because there's a corporate account, I show them, here's my corporate credit card, here's my ID. In this case, it's pretty similar to company names, very similar to my own name. And it's a pretty seamless interaction. They just had to check is is over a certain dollar amount. I didn't take it personally, get offended at the situation. Now, if she had, it would have been priceless if she were to just go out and say, no, I saw your latest movie and it was such a ripoff because it was so vacuous of thought, plot, or any intellect. I felt I'd just give you a hard time. She would never say that. That'd be hilarious if you were just say, oh no, your movies just suck. But no, he's going to play the race card. This feels like racism. Feels like You're not professional enough to apologize. Side note, I don't know how anyone could be racist working at Home Depot. You look at the demographics of who works at a Home Depot and who shops at a Home Depot, it's pretty damn diverse. So a racist person would not be happy working there. Quick little side note. ADHD side note, one of my favorite books was actually called Home Built. What was it? Uh, Built from Scratch by Bernie, the founder of Home Depot. One of my favorite books that I've read this year. Let me know in the comments if you'd like to see a book review. I usually read one business or philosophy book a month. So let me know if that'd be something that interests you. Even though I didn't physically came back, your staff and employee that works with you and for you as another cash cashier, he just seen me. I bought two candy bars. He looked me in my face. He swiped it, and I walked right out the store. Is that the policy too? Where he's going to use a scanner and pay for two candies, two candy bars, and let me walk out the store? So he's, he's admitting he stole the candy bars now. So it sounds like. His friend had the credit card, he scanned it, and he left the goods before the goods were paid. Technically, kind of like stealing a grape. Oh, this is actually worse because you're moving it from store premises. Well, like stealing a grape when you're shopping at groceries. If you're buying groceries and you have the cart of grapes in your basket, if you eat one before you pay for it because it's paid by weight, you are stealing. Exactly right. Which means I That's never showed you my ID and I never swiped my credit card and I walked out with two candy bars. And I also just called her on the phone and I showed her my face, told her I was just in the store, and I nodded as well. So why did you let me walk out the store with two candy bars without ID and without swiping my card? Because that, that was part of the whole total. I couldn't swipe it for just two things. But it was, you're adding it to the that list. was the whole total, but you don't even know if my credit card would actually go through. You let me walk out the store. He has a kernel of a point. That's true. That would been hilarious just given, you know, this guy's not doing so well, fiscally speaking. We'll get into that in, in a minute or two. But yeah, what, that'd be really awkward if the credit card balance without the, or I guess, you know, these days they get declined. But yeah, it'd be like, uh, sir, 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 we need the Hershey's. We, we, we need the Hershey bar back. Which begs the question, what kind of candy bars were they? That's the real question I'd love to know. 
ID or letting my credit card sweat. Is that company policy? I'm just trying to understand what sure. I don't understand. Again, it's also an intimidation factor. If you have a C-list, D-list celebrity grilling you like this, most people get pretty flustered and pretty nervous. Especially, they're also on camera too. And you do have the security cameras all the time, but to have someone with a phone nowadays, most people are scared to death about public speaking. It's fascinating to see. It's one of the greatest fears people have when you're polled. Like, what, are you, what is your biggest fear? Public speaking is one of the biggest ones. And you have someone with a lot of cultural cachet. Because, again, Tyrese has like 18 fans. Mate, I think he had a kid. 19 fans. If you were getting on the wrong side of them, all the fans would come. They would berate you, insult you, yell, about, yell at you on the Twitter sphere. To some people, that's a pretty big intimidation factor. Thank you. They're disrespecting me and my team I'm asking you company policy-wise that I don't work here. And I didn't make up any of the rules. Do you let people come to Home Depot as a cashier and you scan candy bars or drinks or anything and you let them walk out the store without paying? Is what I'm asking. Is one person alone? No, I Again, his friends were checking out and they had that body language that said they were together. Being remote with a, a, a FaceTime call? Again, that is not a valid form of signature authorization. That could be anyone, especially if you're a pseudo-celebrity. I'm sure there's some more on, on the Twitter sphere or the Snapchat, Bob Banana, whatever app they use these days, that can use an impersonation. They probably have an impersonation where you could pretend to be him. And say the four cliches things he's known for in the only movie he's in. Thereby making the form of security basically none. Because again, if you're a public figure, the footage of you is already out there. The AI screen. Yeah, I digress for now. It, the story's developed. The store manager enters the venue. And of course, he's call, pulling the race card. Even in this video, it's a pretty diverse group of Home Depot employees. By this time, he said, I don't work here like 18 times. I, again, you know, hindsight's 20-20, but imagine if that Home Depot person goes, you said you don't work here like 18 times. Do you want a job? We have applications. He's very passionate about the protocols. That's what we like here. Or say something like that. Two candy bars. He scanned it. Yes. And I said, hey man, they want to finish the rest of the transaction. They got my credit card and I left. Okay. I did not pay for my two candy bars. Why you left your credit card to that person? For them. I was just here with them, and this man just seen. He scanned. Hold on. Oh, <laughs> so the manager's saying I didn't know that, but no. Let let me finish. Let me yell at you more. He scanned my two candy bars. I looked him in his face. They were finishing up the transaction, and I walked out of your store with two candy bars, no ID, and I didn't sweat my car to pay for it. And he let me leave. So then, as I left, sir. They're now here to finish the transaction because 
Oh, one of the things I look for when I, a nice sign that someone's lower on the intellectual is that they use made up words to make themselves sound smart and fancy. Whether it's an IT executive wanting to sound more bombastic or they're using words like synergy or cloud, or in this case, you know, a lot of people use the word irregardless, which is not a real word. Spoiler alert, if you are not grammatically inclined, that's a made up word by people that are dumb because they want to sound smart. It's a double negative, regardless. Yeah, just, again, I know school test scores are at all time low in the United States, so in, one might argue you've learned more in this video than most, many public schools. I give attention, and I just started seeing people looking, like, let me go ahead and work my way out. They've been coming here working with me, they work with me. I don't treat anybody less than I Then give them a corporate card. You said this, you've been working with them for years. Why don't you have a business credit card? I thought he shopped. I thought he shopped there all the time. He's a good customer. What's going on here? Again, if I was a manager, I'd probably be a little bit more of a smart aleck. Be like, well, what kind of candy bars? Were they Almond Joys? Because that's a crime in and of itself. No one actually purchases an Almond Joy. That whole product line is only in business because of Halloween and kids who get them, but they don't really want them. I've never, another fascinating cultural phenomenon, I've never seen anyone purchase an Almond Joy in my life. I know, oddly enough, my parents like them, but I've never seen one at the store purchase. Have you? Which begs the question, what two chocolate bars? He's very, very passionate about these two chocolate bars. Why don't you have a pro account? You've been a customer for a decade. You have these guys working for you. You'd save money. You get there's a lot of benefits to it. Again, I, I was gonna say I almost sound like a sales rep for the Home Depot corporate team or something like that. I wish could got some discounts on this stuff. You're looking at me on Facetime, and I'm telling you it's me. And then you're saying the policy is I gotta come in here and show my ID. So why? Can you think of any store that would accept that form of? Identity verification, especially for someone who's again a B-list or no, sorry, B is too much. A D-list celebrity. The images for him are out there. The computers can already make a pretty good AI version of him, I assume, for all eighteen or nineteen of his fans. You could easily impersonate him. So, especially a, 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 a D-list celebrity of all people, they, that should not be a form of identity verification. Why did your Why did your Why did your coworker let me leave? The two candy bars with no ID and I didn't swipe the credit card. If that's your policy, well, what I'm asking. If that's your policy, I'm asking you. I don't work here. I'm asking, what is again, your policy? Again, I don't work here. Offer him a job. He sounds very passionate about understanding the policy and the rules. He seems very passionate about maybe working there. In 2024, in 2024, we'll get even more commercials because YouTube means even more revenue. Fascinating enough, they're having a, every fiscal quarter, they lose about 2% revenue in terms of ad sales. So it's down, 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 down. So it'll be interesting to see what does YouTube do to actually turn that trend around? Because again, 
can only do that for so long before all these starts of the business have to start offsetting those losses. This is a reflection of you. Because you're the cashier supervisor, and then you caused your boss to get to the bottom of what's happening. So I'm asking you, as the boss of the cashiers, why did somebody on your team and staff look at me, grab the scanner out of my hand? It was over here. We gave it to him. It was like, hey, man, here. Uh, he reached over the wood and the doors and the blue. Another side of the Karen, you must demonstrate the whole situation using props. I do appreciate he did enunciate the noises quite well, but oh, not so much. His acting, I thought, I thought his act, that was a better performance than the Fast and Furious franchise, I will admit, but still me, mediocre to say the least. I mean, what was that sound for the beeper? Oh, terrible acting. It's beep beep. The sound of the the Home Depot scanner is much more distinct. It must more of a higher note. He can't even get the sound right. Where? Uh, I was going to say, is Vin Diesel just going to pop in the store and be like, I'm your family? Something like that. More Celeste Stallone, but nevertheless. And I said, hey man, they going to take care of the transaction. They got it. I'm out. Hmm. You're being a racist. And that's the truth. Is it, again, where is the actual evidence in any of these, in these situations? I don't have a racist bone in my body. And you know, you got that racist energy all over you. Because what? You're not what? I need to Google this. What he just said, she he's accusing her of having racist energy. Is it like solar power, but the sun just doesn't shine in certain parts? Is that what he means? Racist energy. What is it? What, what was this phenomenon? Now, there are some articles the energy justice toward energy justice towards race. Just now, that's a very long business. How racism manifests in clean energy. Are racist fossil? So someone's actually claiming fossil fuels are racist. I, if anything, I think it'd be discriminatory, maybe discriminating against dinosaurs because, you know, all, oh, I guess not really dinosaurs, but all the fossils and all the plants. But yeah, where does he have evidence to accuse her of this? And again, if she, I'm surprised she's not scared to death because again, the United States, which people say is racist, the worst, most foul, disgusting thing you could possibly be is racist. Not only will you lose your job in eight tenths of a second, You'll lose your friends, your family. You'll be socially ostracized immediately. Which, again, I would, from, I would argue that's probably a good sign the United States isn't racist. Not even willing to apologize, fix it, and point out the inconsistencies of what you know and your training and what the policy... It, it seems to be an inconsistency in the situation. Whereas he's physically here and his credit card is there, again legal perspective, I don't think another person is supposed to use it even if he's in, you know, a 10 foot proximity, whatever, how close they are. But there's a big difference between that and again, being remote where it could be halfway across the globe. And again, facial recognition, all that stuff can be spooked pretty easily. You're wrong. You're wrong. And I want your full name. And I'm going to reach out to the people who own this place. Who is my, you're, the CEO of Home Depot is my neighbor in Atlanta. Okay, so you won't, you don't have to give me your name. Wow, what a great neighbor. So instead of him saying, hey, I understand, you know, here's the situation, maybe you maybe misunderstanding on both of our parts, and hey, maybe you're human, maybe it was only a mistake, but that'd be pretty pompous to word it that way, but if your neighbor's the CEO of Home Depot, why would you do this to make them look in the worst possible light? <laughs> With neighbors like that. 
figure it out. I mean, what was it? This old saying with enemy, with friends like that who needs enemies. Perhaps the saying is similar in this situation. This is wrong. And people should not be treated this way. And if you got a policy, and you reflect the policy of this place, then the policy should be consistent with everybody that works here. Okay? You don't care, right? Because you don't. He cares. That's why. Or maybe she. Just, maybe she's just scared to to death that her life is about to be destroyed. Because again, she's having a D-list celebrity call her the worst possible thing on the planet. And again, her life will be destroyed. Came out, you're wrong. And I came here to tell you you're wrong, and you're not even willing to apologize. You're a co-star. A sign of a care. He came there directly just to tell her she's wrong? Clearly has too much time on his hands. Well, let's be honest, he only makes one Fast and Furious movie every year or two, so. A lot of downtime between, you know, memorizing his four lines, or catchphrases, I'm sorry. Co-worker, seen me, identified me, without ID. He was like, all right, cool. I said, yo, man, they gonna take care of everything. I gave him my credit card, and I walked out. Is that the policy? So now it looks like they're showing her... Where is this? Can you please include that information? I was just there. I just walked, I was just in your store, ma'am. If you're going to talk to your manager, if you're going to talk to your manager, tell your manager the truth. I was just in the store and I gave my guys my credit card in front of your staff and team member and I walked off. Don't say that I'm not there with no ID. You can pull up the cameras. I was there five minutes ago. This is completely unnecessary. Which that is accurate. It is completely unnecessary. This whole scenario is unnecessary. Well, except when he's, you know, he's hurting for money, fiscally speaking, he, maybe he just wants to make a quick buck off a made-up accusation. Now, it looks like he currently owes his ex, I don't know if his wife or her girlfriend, his former partner, they had a child, and they decided, let's, 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 let's separate, that'll help the child. I say that with the most disdain, because obviously that's not true at all. Now, it looks like he owes in terms of child support, and again, this is just ruled uh, through the court, I believe, a couple of weeks ago, and... He owes her about $250,000 in back child support. Now, one might argue, why does a child need $10,000 a month to live? Well, yeah, uh, I don't think anyone would agree that, but that's what the court said. You know, they have, he has to pay her $10,000 a month to raise a child. And he also has to pay her lawyer's fees, which is our, that's another $400,000. So in total, he owes about $650,000. How could he make that much money when the movies are not enough movies? I know I'll sue the Home Depot. So this this happened a couple months ago, but it's come to the social cultural surface again because he's now uh, he's actually suing Home Depot, trying to extort. I mean, sue them for a million dollars. Now, it actually might not even be the worst idea. Oh, it's, not, it's definitely not the worst idea he's he's ever had. He's had much worse. But just to put this. Just to get rid of the whole situation, Home Depot might just pay it. Just to get him to go away. Just actually, I'd be willing to pay more money just for him not to talk. So that's that's actually that that might be a good use case because yeah, if they they would pay them that much money to stop slandering and defaming their store, I'm sure the same people who like Fast and Furious, they'd probably be willing to pay like eight eh, like eighteen dollars more eighteen percent more per ticket if they just removed his lines from the film. And that way the film would only be, you know, cars, explosions, and then Vin Diesel's two lines where he says, Family, yeah. 
again, more Stallone than Vin Diesel, but it's hard to say. I guess one has hair. But nevertheless, it's fascinating to see from cultural perspective, this is just going viral completely. And I can't help but feel it's probably, or it seems like just be a miscommunication, a misalignment of expectations. And I'll be interested to see, what do you what do you think of the comments? Do you think Home Depot's going to pay out a million dollars just to have them shut the hell up? Well, I thought it was a lot of money, but actually for a little silence, I, I don't know. Some might say silence is golden. But, as I always say, time shall tell. Other interesting cultural news, you have a country star rising exponentially quick. A man by the name of Oliver Anthony with his new song called Rich Men's of North Richmond, which is a pejorative term for, you know, Washington, D.C. And it's one of my favorite examples, perhaps I need to reread the business book called Freakonomics, in which it talks about, you know, businesses and products that have been around forever, but then all of a sudden just explode in popularity and everyone has to have them, whether it's those stupid Ugg boots or the Timberland, whatever the ladies wear the sandals, or the iPod, where all, the money, all of a sudden, you know, it was kind of popular, kind of popular, and everyone had an iPod. There's certain things in business and culture, it's just fascinating to see what hits and what explodes overnight. Now, this is just an excerpt of his song. It's about 40, actually, it's not about, it's like precisely 45 seconds. This is on Twitter, and within five days, it got 24.5 million impressions. Now, impressions means, I believe, by the Twitter or x.com definition, they've seen it on their timeline and perhaps they've clicked it. It doesn't necessarily mean they've watched the whole thing. Now, it's also got 137,000 likes, so that's a pretty darn good ratio, and 6,000 bookmarks and 5,554 quotes. Let's go ahead and play it for a New York minute here. Or a Southern minute would be more appropriate, perhaps. People like you wish I could just wake up and it not be true, but it is. Oh, it is. Living in the new world. With a whole soul. These rich men know the rich men. Lord knows it all. Just want to have total control. Want to know what you think. Want to know what you do. And they don't think you know. But I know that you do. Because your dollar ain't shit. And it's taxed to no end. That is just 9.8 billion times better than most music made in the past 10 years. Not a single use of some computer in terms of having a voice, what is it, the uh, auto-tune. And fastly enough, this is probably not trend because it's not disparaging women or using them as objects. So, you know, it won't trend in certain areas of the music industry. But it's fascinating to see how many people are getting behind this song. And of course, the media is calling him far right, which is a cliche as old as time Pretty much everything if you don't if you don't agree with one policy they'll label you that it's a term that's now lost all meaning in the united states and just insult to injury to show how to just show how asinine that is he says multiple times in interviews and both in public he doesn't he's politically in the middle he doesn't like republicans he doesn't like democrats he's part of the ever-growing group of people who are politically ostracized or just kind of feel homeless including myself when i see more and more people mess up on the left and the right. It's kind of like, well, it'd be nice if someone did something correct more often than not. But it's fascinating to see. Everyone's calling him already, insulting him, telling him disparaging things. And it's one of those things where 
He just wants to call out the fact that, yeah, DC is kind of making your life pretty crappy. The U.S. dollar is becoming worth less and less. Just anecdotally speaking, just conceptually think. United States, you make, let's say you're really lucky. You work like hell. You make $100,000. Well, the federal government is going to steal 40% of that. Now, let's say your state, average income tax might be in the state. Let's say it's about 10%. That's half your paycheck gone. Now, let's say you want to go to the store and you purchase something. That's, on average, maybe 8 to 10% again. And then, of course, you have all the things, you have to pay for things you already paid for. So you have property tax, you have gasoline, which is taxed, you have your car, which is taxed with sales tax, as well as registration fees. So one of those things where if people actually did the math and found out how screwed they were, they'd probably vote differently. Although, again, who do you vote for when both sides, again, usually have both sides of billions of dollars in war funds or chest funds, it's a marketing term where you're used for offensive marketing against your adversary or your competitor. And... Unfortunately, there's not really a lot. I wish there were more and more support for a third party, so especially things are on the equal playing field, but it's just unfortunately not the, not the way the landscape is proven or shown these days. So it's nice to see some good music actually trending for once. This coming after John Rich's song, Try That in a Small Town, or no, it's not, not John Rich. That was, uh, I believe, it was Jason Aldean. John Rich, interestingly enough, the reason he was on top of my mind, He's actually reached out to this artist and actually said that he would sponsor him in terms of he actually will pay for his, will take him under his wing to actually publish his, publish and sell his album, which is a huge thing in music, being a musician. One of the hardest things is actually get your name out there and actually get a contract with a record company to actually produce and actually sell it so you have a multiplier effect. It's not just you selling it on your individual social medias, but you have a whole industry helping you out. And sometimes it's insurmountable some, for some artists, unfortunately, and that's why a lot of great musicians we've never heard of, unfortunately, just because the industry didn't choose them. Which is a fascinating topic in and of itself. We'll leave that for another time. Now, going over to the political part of the podcast, you have good old Gavin Newsom, uh, a very successful politician in California, one of the best states in the United States, not at all having issues with people leaving in droves, businesses leaving in droves, cities quite literally burning, quite literally having things stolen every 12 seconds in San Francisco. No, no, very successful politician. Well, he is in terms of people still vote for him, which shows you get the culture you, you get what you vote for. Now, this is actually an article by Political by, by the name of Gallo called Rachel Bluth. And they're kind of saying, well, they're claiming the Constitution is holding you back. It might be time to change the Constitution. A sure, which, uh, a sure sign of a tyrant. Well, political, politically speaking, you also may would argue, you know, Republicans and Democrats. I'm not winning, so I'm going to change the rules. Unethical? Yes. Morally, morally vacuous? Well, yes. Well, I'll dive in. Why? Now, it looks like his latest proposal, he wants to have universal background checks, which, again, are de- is the de facto gun registration, where the government would know conceivably everything that everyone has, which Ted Cruz, to his credit, he did say, and I do believe him in the fact that there are only two reasons to have a gun registration list, is to tax them or to take them. Which historically makes sense since every country since the dawn of time who has had a universal registration, that's exactly what they've done. And incidentally enough, that's exactly what governments do before they do the most corrupt, evil, morally vacuous, disgusting things that mankind's ever seen. Right before they do those evil acts, they disarm the populace every single time. And it's also the antithesis of but the founding fathers. The founding fathers were pretty pro-gun considering it's how we founded the country. And actually, they spelled it out pretty plainly that, yeah, you know, all men are created equal. And by the way, you should, 
actual freedom to right to bear arms shall never it should have really made it bold they said apparently shall not be infringed was not bold enough or simple enough for politicians so it looks like they're claiming you know Newsom is being he, he feels a little hamstrung by the Supreme Court's interpretation of the Second Amendment which is you know the Supreme Court has also common they ruled they cannot ban a gun in common use now think common use if over 50% of all rifles sold are an AR-15 pattern that certainly qualifies for common use. Same thing with magazine capacities. Now, it looks like Newsom is rebranding. So, you know, my evil act didn't work the first time. I'm going to rebrand it. Put new lipstick on this pig or lizard or whatever you metaphor you like to choose. Now, it looks like he's no longer calling this a 28th Amendment. So it's exactly the same thing he's proposed before. But he's going to do something else because people are getting confused, apparently, about the 28th Amendment. And they're confused about gender equality. And it looks like... He wants to change the law specifically in terms of what they want to do in terms of destroying your freedom to write, keep and bear arms. They want to raise the age to purchase a gun from 18 to 21. This at the same time that they want to lower the voting age, which is insane. It's one of those disgusting things where if you're 18, you can join the military, but you're not in some, you're not allowed to buy booze, which is disgusting. If you're, if you're old enough to die for your country, you're certainly old enough to buy a beer or spirits, but no, no, no. They, they have to have special rules. So it's one of those things are my three cents. Again, it used to be two cents, but 40-year hyperinflation, got charged three cents. I should charge four cents, though it is free to click that subscribe button. Try to get to 3,000 subscribers by the end of August, so greatly appreciate your help. But they're saying you want to be 21 in order to buy a gun, which, again, is disgusting because, again, if you're a legal adult in the United States, you can vote, you can pay taxes, you can die for your country, but no, you can't have a gun. That's disgusting. So they want to change it from 1821. They want to have a... Minimum waiting period for a gun's purchase and delivery. Disgusting, unconstitutional, absolutely. Another great use case of Chicago. They've had that for years. Even the state of Illinois, they've had these 72-hour waiting periods for handguns. Uh, it was back in the day. I don't know if it's still like that. Thankfully, I escaped a long time ago. Now, has that helped Chicago out at all? No, of course it has not because Chicago still has the same... Yeah, still, still the same crime rates and still the same people in charge for about the past 100 years. Now, they also want to ban assault weapons. Hmm. So black guns, scary. That's kind of a cliche uh, Democrat talking point at this point. But when they say assault weapons, a lot of these include semi-automatics, which, again, that's a majority of every firearm manufactured today, even for the past 100 years. The only guns that they would allow would be bolt-action guns, which, don't get me wrong, bolt-action can be a fun thing. You also have a revolver, which don't get me wrong, great community in terms of good old wheel gun. There's a lot of enthusiasts behind it. So let's see, a bolt action, a revolver, and a lever action, like an old cowboy gun. Now, that being said, of course, there's always a carve out. The government can have whatever they want, but the peasants, you, you, you don't deserve the, you don't deserve the same respect. We don't respect you enough to actually have the ability to protect yourself from all, you know, you're supposed to, to protect us from all enemies, foreign and domestic. So it'll be interesting to see, will this help him become the president? There's a lot of speculation. Is Gavin Newsom going to run? I mean, this is an interesting idea. Ban AR-15s. Just like Chicago. Chicago's done that for years. Ever, that's the, perhaps one of my favorite examples in terms of the backwards-assness of all these bills or the ignorance of all these bills. They won't do anything. But disarm. the only thing they'll do is disarm law-abiding citizens. Or perhaps their goal is to turn law-abiding citizens into felons so they cannot vote. A conspiracy theory, perhaps. 
though that would be a byproduct. Can't help but wonder if they hope more for the byproduct than actual primary product. But Chicago's had pretty much all the laws that they want to have on a federal level. And again, Chicago has the highest crime rates, the highest homicide rates. When the United States was actively involved in the Middle East, more people died in the city of Chicago than United States soldiers in the Middle East. And yet they'll still blame guns or they'll blame something else. All the laws that they want are already in place there. Which begs the question, why are they really passing all these laws? Why, why are they pushing so hard to pass all these laws? Maybe it's just political posturing, but I suspect much more morally vacuous things, unfortunately. And time shall tell to see, hopefully the United States court will get some more solid, more quantifiable cases or more granular cases set up to them where they can specifically say, I don't know how, I don't know how much more they have to spell it out, but you cannot disarm United States citizens. It's morally vacuous, disgusting, un-American, and yes, again, trampling on the Bill of Rights. But we'll see. Maybe this will just get him more political points and people foolishly vote for him. Lord knows they've done it before. Other interesting political news, you have Trump mocking Chris Christie. The insults and the jabs are back. Now, Trump was at a rally. He was talking about Chris Christie, you know, asking, someone asked, you know, what's up with him? And Trump actually said, you know, Chris, he, quote, Chris is eating right now. He really can't be bothered, unquote. Which is highly entertaining for many of the people who appreciate Trump. A lot of people in the audience found it hilarious because it is basically stand-up comedy at that point. And a lot of people will say, based on Chris Christie's size, statistically speaking, if you were to guess activities that he is doing, a safe bet would be to say he was eating. Just, you know, playing the odds. Now, someone else in the crowd said something of that, of the effect, um, another jab at Chris Christie's weight. And Trump said, quote, Sir, please do not call him a fat pig. I'm trying to be nice. Do not call him a fat pig. You can't do that. Unquote. Perhaps I'll get a wig sometime soon, but obviously I won't quit my day job. That impression was not the best. Perhaps, maybe, maybe a little bit better than the worst. But let me know in the comments. Now, that being said, there's not much of a political advantage to calling out Chris Christie or insulting him because he's killing him in the polls. Pretty much every preliminary uh, Republican primary poll you see, Chris Christie is barely alive in terms like he's polling at single digit percentage and more often than not trump is in the 40s to 50s so that's a huge delta between the two politically speaking chris christie is not a political threat to trump i mean this one poll from 538.com and it was a nationwide poll and i believe is an average of many polls but in that and just in that one instance they had trump pulling it again this is for the week ending the i believe it was the last week of july and that had the poll trump pulling at 52.7 and Chris Christie at 2.9%. So, I mean, again, if I was going to say, if I was Trump's political strategist or you know, trying to help him win, if I was on that team, I would say you know, people, some people tend to love the jabs and they love the stand-up. And some people are saying this kind of sh shows that you know, Trump still got it, which perhaps is reminiscent to the first time he ran, but it didn't work the second time. If he is going to do any of these jabs or these puns um, and be more entertaining... I would say focus on your main opponents, the people who are actually have a chance of beating you. And more importantly, focus on the economy, focus on Biden, focus on your main opponent. A lot old cliche in politics is usually whoever loses is a referendum on them. Wherever the main subject is about, that's usually, excuse me, who ends up losing. 
And there's a lot of material to work with just on an economic scale, which I think that would resonate with a lot of people. Focus on why grocery, focus on the ever increasing price of groceries and gasoline. Just do a poster that says like, here's the price of gasoline when I was president. Like that alone would probably get you a couple percentage points in the polls. Like shoot, who wouldn't want to pay a dollar seventy-five for a gallon of gas again? Where now it's what was it four twenty-five for a gallon of premium in most places? This disgusting. There there was a time, and I say like it's you know hundred years ago. I believe it was two thousand nineteen. It's the first time in like sixty years the United States was energy independent. Wouldn't it be great to have that again instead of buying resources from countries that hate us? But perhaps I'm just a little bit too logical or have more than a modicum of intelligence, which would rule me out of DC and politics in general. In terms of my career but we'll see time shall tell now going on to the business blunder of the day you have nestle having a recall for their cookies because of wood chips yum i mean some might say that's just a little bit of extra fiber in your diet or a little roughage to make it a little tougher but i'm sure some more people than not were pretty upset now specifically this is nestle usa they're issuing a voluntary recall for their signature toll house cookie chip cookies with because of the possibility of wood fragments now specifically this applies to two batches of the quote-unquote break and bake unquote bar products so i guess that's the thing where you, you cheat you're not buying the ingredients you buy the preset how lazy are people so it looks like you just break it off so the only thing you do is throw it in the oven which there's no love in that i can't believe parents buy this where's the love putting the ingredients together where's the adding of the egg but I moderately digress. It looks like the two specific instances were only a small, quote unquote, a small batch. And they noticed that some people had contacted Nestle USA about the wood fragments. The specific batches that were effective, if you're unfortunate enough to have these in your freezer, are batch codes 311-457-531-K and 311-557-534-K. And they play, they claim they could be replaced for, for a, a product replacement or just a refund. Now, granted, I don't know much, how little your someone's time would have to be worth to actually go to the store specifically for that one act of returning that one product, but I'm sure you know some care. Some some people probably have a lot of time in their hands, and that might be a whole day for them. They might have fun out of it. But perhaps a business blunder is a cultural blunder. Why don't you just make your own damn cookies? The, the Americans used to really take pride in what they do for a living, as well as everything they do which is kind of how I judge people. I don't really care what you're doing, whether you're mopping a floor, mowing the grass, or writing a book, or whatever you're doing. Take pride in what you do, and do it to the best of your abilities. That's how, in my opinion, that's how you earn respect. But these folks, they're not, you know, mixing up, what is it, how, what is it 12 ingredients to make cookies? That's too complex. They just, they buy the pre-made package, they chip it off, and they throw it in the oven. And they call that, I'm, I'm sure someone is dumb enough to call that home cooking, or home baking. No, that's home cheating. But I digress. To have wood chips in cookies certainly is not good. And that is certainly the business blunder of the day. Thank you, everyone, for taking the time to tune in. Again, we're trying to get to 3,000 subscribers by the end of this month, so I greatly appreciate you taking time to click that button. Also, the feedback is greatly appreciated. So every time you leave a comment on the, on the videos or you like the videos, it really helps us grow and develop as we make the channel and make the production better and better. Also, don't forget to tell your family, tell your friends, tell your coworkers. Heck, tell your enemies, tell anyone and everyone. Just stay safe and fight the good fight.